JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome to a Friday. We're on the back deck, one of our favorite locations on a Bud Light Blue Friday every year. And normally it's at the beginning of the season as it falls today. The Mucky Duck, the back deck is our location, 65 in Southport, Southport Crossing. And I know people love it out here. A glorious day. I'm telling you, get out of work early and join us down here. Maybe you can win a pair of tickets to see the Rams and the Colts coming up on Sunday, courtesy of Bud Light and our friends at Zinc. We've got a couple of different ways in which you can do that you also can get yourself signed up for it we have multi-pair to give away while we're here so seriously jump out here i know for me i'm going to be here until at least seven because i have colt's happy hour from six until seven so hey get off work man go ahead and take a load off and join us on the back deck here at the mucky duck again southport crossing 65 and southport road on the south side of indy and a Bud Light Blue Friday, week number four of the NFL. I, it's funny. Somebody had said, well, I think this just got more interesting. I, I don't know if Sunday's matchup with the Rams got more interesting or not, to be honest. When you look at some of now the unearthed, the uncovered injuries that the Colts are dealing with along the offensive line, and you know that Aaron Donald's going to be on the other side, this is incredibly problematic. Now, for those of you that are wondering, um, Ryan Kelly, who's been ruled out, ultimately just didn't reach that threshold ne- threshold necessary um, in concussion protocol. So you can look for Wesley French to be the center in his second start in the NFL coming up on Sunday. All right. You can look at it that way. He looked good last week. Obviously, the Rams have Aaron Donald on the other side. So you would love to have those that you pay handsomely and with the most talent that would be out there. 
So you're going to have French and then Fries at right guard. And then Nelson, I checked that, and Nelson at left guard. Now here's where it gets interesting here. So a, a couple of injuries to Braden Smith, and he's hugely questionable coming up on Sunday. So on that side, you could have, what, Blake Freeland, I believe? And then on the left side, we've talked about Bernard Ryman being so good so far this year through the first three weeks. And here's how you know is because we never talk about him. If you were going to talk about him, then it probably wouldn't be great. But you haven't been saying a word about him, and he has held his own and looked apart through the first three weeks of the season. So he comes down here recently with concussion-like symptoms that evidently they didn't get. Uh, you know, sometimes this happens just later on in the week, right? You're not feeling it still, and you kind of wonder why. And he checks in with the physicians, and he goes into concussion protocol. So you may be looking at the offensive line of Blake Freeland, of Will Fries, of Wesley French, of Quentin Nelson, and Arlington Hambright coming up on Sunday against the Rams, and Aaron Donald. Now, I've mentioned this regarding the Rams, and it's, it's funny because our picks went out today, and th there's no whining and crying from me. I make my picks with our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots every Thursday, me and Brent Halverson. So I'm really far out in front of what could happen on Friday. You know, really what could happen for the rest of the weekend. So that's in a dangerous territory on a Thursday to make those picks. But you have to because you have that Thursday night game on Amazon. You also have to consider. So... I had picked the Rams, and I mentioned this with, with my picks for the Colts this year. Um, I've been wrong twice because I had them, their first win coming against the Rams this year. But certainly, they have played at a higher level earlier than I thought that they were going to, even with a quarterback in Anthony Richardson that hasn't finished a game in the first two and didn't play in the third They've had now two consecutive road wins, and the second coming up in week three in Baltimore on Sunday was one that we talked about for a lot of this week, and rightly so. It was a fantastic win, even given the circumstances. And, and you could kind of look at what I'm talking about involving this offensive line and look back to Sunday and take a bit of an example away from how Baltimore was able to deal with it, or maybe more so, better said in this case, did not deal with it well. They were missing a couple of starters, one being Ronnie Stanley, who I believe is going to be back for the matchup with the Browns coming up on Sunday. But you could tell their offensive line missed their starters. Now, granted, the Colts right now lead the NFL through three weeks in tackles for losses. Did you know that their second among NFL teams through three weeks for sacks. So obviously they're playing better, but they did get an opportunity against Baltimore who missed eight starters, including a couple on the offensive line last week. And that helped out a great deal, a function in which the Colts are probably best at. 
And that's along that defensive line. And we'll talk about that coming up in a bit, too, because DeForest Buckner did not practice today, and he is not a given to play coming up on Sunday either. But that has been their focus. That has been their strength, that defensive line. And you can just see in the numbers so far this year, those are numbers that I don't think we would ever have thought this year we would have equated to the Colts, especially this early. But they're out of the gate strong. Again, tackles for loss and in sacks and putting pressure on the opposition. And now you're going to flip the script on that. Now you're going to flip the script, and they're going to be down, obviously already one at center, and maybe logically another at left tackle, another at right tackle. You've got a lot of inexperience. I mean, guys that just haven't done it, and guys that are going to be facing one of the greatest of all time coming at you along the defensive line and Aaron Donald. So if you felt good about the Colts last week going in with their defensive line against Baltimore's offensive line, which was banged up, and we knew without Laramie Tunsil the week prior in Houston that the Texans' offensive line was also incredibly banged up. You felt good about that. You probably don't feel that great about Aaron Donald really against anybody going into Sunday. Now, I'm not suggesting at all I had picked the Colts to win 21-18. to I'm not going to, to change it because, frankly, I can't change that But this is a wrinkle that certainly I think a lot more folks would have considered when they came up with their suggestions and their picks if you had to do that yesterday because this now all of a sudden is going to be even tougher than what we thought. I thought it was going to be a tight game anyway. Maybe two offenses that scuffled a little bit. And what I mean by that, two offenses that maybe struggle at times and maybe other times you know, go ahead and grind out some yardage. But I thought it was going to be kind of one of those those slower, lower scoring, if you want to call 21-18 that type of performances. And now it just kind of makes you wonder what you're going to see because you have to protect. And then you consider you have Anthony Richardson, who is back after missing last week in concussion protocol. Now, granted, I've told you this before. You're just going to have to get used to this guy out of the pocket and running. He's going to have to get used to better protecting himself. These are all things that will be talked about within the growth and maturation process. It's just going to happen. But when you also put him behind an offensive line that has this light of experience, that can be problematic as well. So they're going to be able to lean on also a part of the offense that through the past two weeks has been really good, obviously running the football. Uh, You saw what Zach Moss has done in the past couple of games. 30 carries last week, well over 100 yards, 88 at nearly five a clip in week number two in that win for Houston. He has been instrumental for this Colts offense in those two wins, those two road wins in the past two Is he going to be able to do what he has done to this point again with that offensive line? And we'll see about some of these guys. I mean, maybe, again, the the Ryman thing was just noticed. It was just noticed because, you know, this feeling I have is not getting any better. And then you report, you know, to the training staff, to the medical staff, and they look at you and you go into concussion protocol. So this is something that was late. I know that the, the, the Braden Smith obviously has been dealing with that. You talk about DeForest Buckner as well on defensive side. This all of a sudden becomes much more, and I think this to me, this is an important game, and, and here's why. 
And you can say all of them are important, and I get it. But this one, you are on the verge of being a big-time believer right now. And when you think about it, if you can win this third in a row on Sunday, you get set up having Tennessee at home the week after, and you saw how Tennessee played last week against the Browns, and then Tennessee gets matched up at home against the Bengals coming up on Sunday. That makes you feel good about your divisional rival in Tennessee coming to town. You can get a lot more uh, reaction, a lot more response, a lot more hype surrounding this team. And, and that is getting a win and making even more believers out of this group. And that's what we're thinking about on Sunday. But again, across the board with the injuries that we're talking about and concussion protocol and such, it is going to make that a heck of a lot more difficult, to say the least. So we can talk about that if you guys like. I know Nate Atkins of the Star is going to join us. I think he was out of practice today. I just want to get a little more zeroed in on all of a sudden this avalanche of Friday injuries and the overall effect that is going to have on this team coming up on Sunday. And the Rams, the Rams obviously also missing some pieces on that offensive line, but still in a team that played Monday, that lost to the Bengals on Monday night, went back to Southern California, coming back here, coming up tomorrow. So you would look at that probably as an advantage, but any sort of advantage in that capacity that you thought about is certainly going to be taken away if this injury situation holds through Sunday because there is a lot going on here. We'll talk to Nate Atkins about that coming up here in just a second. Uh, Bob Lovell, bottom of the hour, week number seven, I believe. Is it week seven or week eight? I always kind of get lost in it now. Uh, yet another week of high school football. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, bottom of the hour, brought to you by CarX. Your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run, CarX locations. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We're expected to talk to Gary Brackett, the former Colts linebacker, hopefully in the four o'clock hour voice of the Hoosiers Don Fisher coming at you in the five o'clock hour as well of course a Bud Light Blue Friday at the Mucky Duck back deck got a lot going on including your chance to go to that game on Sunday with Rams and Colts tickets to give away meantime on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline I have sorted through at least the portions in which I know Nate Atkins of the star who joins us now it seems like you guys that cover the team on a daily basis all kind of hit with an avalanche uh, of new and somewhat disturbing injury-wise information on this particular glorious Friday. Were you not today? Yeah, I'd say that was a little surprising. You know, for the past couple of weeks, we've been in this mode of bracking guys in the concussion protocol, obviously, and Brian Kelly. But when you got to Wednesday and Thursday of this week and both guys practiced in full, I, you know, I was hoping we were – kind of out of that, uh, but, you know, we get out there and Ryan Kelly was in street clothes and I knew that was not the best sign, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the final step, they have to get two practices in and then they have to be cleared by an independent doctor. And that was, I think, the part with Ryan Kelly that, you know, he was able to clear that and he's had a, mm. you know, he's had a history of brain injuries. So, um, so, so that's been a challenge for him. And then we find out that Bernard Ryman, uh, their left tackle had symptoms of the same kind of injury uh, from practice today. He was on the injury report yesterday, so out there practice uh, just goes to show you kind of the ever-present risk of this stuff. And uh, it's a situation like with Ryman where 
protocols set up to where if they diagnose you with a brain injury, you know, you're out for, you know, you're out until you can clear that protocol. So we know Ryman's out for sure. Uh, Ryan Kelly, it seems like likely to be out, but I, you know, they do have, I'm not sure quite how that works. If they'll test him again tomorrow or what the deal is, but we'll get the so did he, in an Kelly. Kelly did not. Hold on, I'm sorry, Ned. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Kelly did not officially get ruled out. Ryman, because he still has to go through concussion protocols, not going to be able to make it. But Kelly still has an opportunity if he clears a protocol hurdle. Let's say tomorrow, for example. Correct. As far as I know, you know, Shane Sykin, as, as always, doesn't fully lay all this stuff out. Um, he just told us that he wasn't able to clear the protocol. So, you know, they have a day tomorrow where they have a walkthrough, and that is, at times, has been has counted as a practice. Um, I don't know if it's a deal where you know, if, he, if he failed the test, he gets you can go back steps in the protocol. So we just have to see exactly where he is, and in an hour we'll get the full injury report to see kind of where they're at, and then that's where we'll also learn about Braden Smith, who was out today with a hand injury. So uh, Colts offensive line has a lot going on. They did get Quentin Nelson back, you know, at left guard uh, after after some days off of the toe injury, but it's it's possible that they could be without three linemen on Sunday, and that's uh, obviously a concern going up against Aaron Donald. No doubt about that. Nate Atkins of the Star covers the Colts. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Mucky Duck. Southport and 65 on the south side. So, yeah, it's almost like I I consider both Ryman and Kelly probably probably going to miss. But I I guess there is maybe a final opportunity for Kelly coming up tomorrow. But going by the the body language and, you know, in street clothes today, you you probably would guess that maybe – you would guess on the side, I guess, if you're a betting person, on the side of non-participation on Sunday, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, it's when they say he wasn't able to clear the protocol. You know, that I, I just don't. I'd be surprised if an extra day makes that difference. But we should be able to see here in an hour. Uh, but that's where I, I, my expectation is that they'll have Wesley French again out there. You know, he made his first start last week in Baltimore, and that went, you know, obviously well enough to win, but different challenge this week with Aaron Donald. So I'm expecting them to be at least down two linemen and possibly a third based on where Braden Smith is. Is uh, is, is, is Freeland going to be left tackle, right tackle, or is Hambright going to be a left tackle? How do you do that at left tackle? And then it gets even more muddy if Braden Smith can't give it a go on Sunday. Yeah, we talked to Brake Freeland today, and he's waiting to see how that's going to shake out because he could play left and right tackle. My understanding is that Arlington Hambright, who's their other tackle option, is he's he's a left side kind of guy. I don't know that that means he can't play the right side, but if Braden Smith were to miss, uh, Blake Freeland would would be the right tackle, Arlington Hambright the left tackle. If it's just Bernard Ryman who's out, I expect Blake Freeland to be in there at left tackle. So. That's some of the confusion. Both of those tackles missed. So, you know, Blake Freeland could only get work, you know, really at one spot as far as working with the starting unit, and they don't know which side he's going to need to start on. So it's a little hectic. Yeah, no doubt about that. I'm glad I have you here to help me sort through this right now because that's a hell of a lot of information with Nate Adkins of the Star on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Now, on the other side of the football, um, your guess is as good as mine as far as the participation of DeForest Buckner on Sunday. What are we thinking? 
Yeah, DeForest missed the entire week of practice, which obviously is not a great sign. He has a groin injury. But I will say with I've always reacted differently to participation in practice with DeForest than pretty much any other player because he pretty much never misses. And he's missed a lot of practices. He's had weeks where he's missed basically the full week of practice, played in the game. He just seems to find a way come Sunday to play. I believe he's missed one game in his life in the NFL to an injury. He missed one game for a COVID protocol, and then he missed one uh, actual injury game. But that was back in San Francisco. So I don't know how he's managed to do this, but he's dealt with a lot of issues over the years. And uh, my guess, just based on the history of it and just some other signs I've seen, I, I think he's going to play. But, yeah, we'll find out for sure on Sunday. Hey, Nate, what's interesting, and I kind of said it out this way, in the past couple of weeks, the Colts have had the advantage with their defensive line working against both the Ravens and the Texans who were down critical offensive linemen. And now you get Aaron Donald. I mean, singularly is the guy and will go down as the all-time greatest, one of the all-time greatest working against all this inexperience along this Colts offensive line. It's almost like you flip the script from a Colts standpoint and how we felt they have an advantage in week two and week three and you look at it from the same fashion in terms of what the Rams will have advantage-wise on Sunday. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup in that way because I still think the Colts have that advantage on the defensive side of the ball. The the, uh, the, the Rams have been without Alaric Jackson, their left tackle, in practice this week and we'll see for sure whether he's going to play but the Rams have offensive line issues. If you watch them against the Bengals, they got pretty badly whooped in the second half. You know, Matthew Stafford's a pocket quarterback, so that's another area where I thought they were going to have a big edge, but the problem is that you know the Rams have the same, if not more of an edge, because of the issues the Colts are dealing with, and the fact that they have Aaron Donald, who's not only the three-time defensive player of the year, but a guy who can move all around. You know, they'll play him yeah. DeForest Buckner, but even to a higher level, where they'll play him Snaps on the on the edge to get him one on one matchups. They can move him, you know, over your left guard or your right guard or your center or your right tackle, and they'll just do that interchangeably. So guys won't really get used to the way he's trying to attack them. They'll just kind of deal with him. When you're dealing with him on, you know, third and eight, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be miserable for those guys. There's really no way around it other than that. They just have to find some kind of plan. Uh, it's really, really a test to Shane Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter, the kind of plan that they're going to give a rookie quarterback like Anthony Richardson to survive this because they can't, they just can't expect to have pass protection this week given their issues, given the opponent. And also the fact that I expect the Rams to blitz because, I mean, why wouldn't you after what the Ravens just yeah. did with Kyle Hamilton, you know, especially when you've got, you know, new offensive linemen coming in and like that, that's the type of situation where you just take advantage of guys who haven't worked next to each other. I expect them to really come after this rookie quarterback on Sunday. So it's interesting where on one hand, obviously it's great that they get Anthony Richardson back and that he's, you know, he's through the concussion protocol, but the lesson of the past two weeks has been trying to find ways to better protect Anthony Richardson. And that's a lesson they've often given him about, you know, protect yourself and look out for yourself. But a lot of it's going to fall on them of how, how do they design an offense that gives him a chance to be protected, you know, given what he's up against this week. 
So, Nate Atkins, one final thing before I let you go. We kind of buried the lead on this. Oh, by the way, Anthony Richardson, as you detail, is going to be the starter again after clearing concussion protocol. And same style of playbook, same style of quarterback, running the football, all that. All of that is going to be Anthony Richardson. How do you think that does going up against this Rams defense we've seen through the first three weeks of this NFL season? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I you know I expect that the Rams they you know they like to take away your big plays, and that's been sort of a theme. Defenses against Anthony Richardson, what they understood of him coming out of college was you know he's a he's a you know he's got a huge arm, extend plays and go down the field, and the Colts have not generated any of that as as part of a reaction to how defenses are playing, and so I kind of felt like the the Rams were going to employ that same strategy of kind of keep safeties back and kind of force this rookie and this young offense to drive the whole length of the field, understanding that, number one, they don't have or they haven't yet shown to have a lot of players who, with the ball in their hands, can, you know, make a ton of guys miss and create explosive plays kind of, you know, within the structure underneath. And then also, you just trust that over the course of time, you know, something is going to go wrong with the offense to where, you know, it works out as a win for the defense. Uh, it'll be interesting how they mix because I think there, there will be aggressiveness in terms of blitzing in certain moments for the, the reasons I just laid out. So it's gonna—I yeah. expect it to be a little passive in the sense that they'll keep safeties back and not just kind of give it all on one play. But they'll stay aggressive and kind of maybe leave underneath windows to see if Anthony Richardson will be able to read that, react to it well, and, and throw behind the blitz. But who knows? They may not need to do that if Aaron Donald is just going to wreck it as badly as I think he might be able to. And it's going to be interesting to see so far because Anthony's only started, you know, played five quarters. It's been a pretty uh, conservative game plan for him. Uh, but, yep. you know, this is a game with so much happening that at some point, it, it, like it happens for all rookies, at some point he's going to have rookie moments where he's trying to do a little more than maybe what's there. This week it's easy to see where there's going to not be opportunity to just – to sit back and play it safe. So we'll kind of see how, how risky he gets and um, and what the Rams can do to try to make him pay. Um, the one thing that really yeah. helps him, obviously, is the ability to move around. Uh, his his mobility right. is going to be everything in this game because you are just you know that they're not going to be able to pass protect the way they want to with what they've got up front. So it really helps to have a quarterback who's hard to bring down and who's also really fast and can turn pass plays into run plays. So I expect that to be a huge part of what they do. Yeah, and not not only that, but he's also missed out on the running game of, of Zach Moss, certainly last week and for the better part of the week prior in week two down in Houston, that went too. So certainly that could open things up if the possibility is there. Hey, hey, Nate, thanks for jumping on here with that late info on this afternoon, man. I appreciate you. We'll see you down there on Sunday. Yep, no problem. We'll see you there. Nate Atkins of the star of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So uh, Arlington Hambright. Quentin Nelson, he's still maybe Ryan Kelly, more than likely Wesley French, I would say, Will Fries, Blake Freeland. What do you think about that? Uh, we'll take a break and come back. Get your thoughts on it. We're at the Mucky Duck on the south side. I've got tickets for you, too. Multi-pair of Rams-Colts tickets to give away here. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday. Bob Lovell on the other side. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. Don Fisher and a whole lot more on what is a fantastic Friday on the back deck, the glorious back deck. 
Mucky Duck, 65 and Southport Road at Southport Crossing. Quick break. We're back with you next. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're on the back deck at the Monkey Duck, Southport Crossing, 65 and Southport Road. All right. Greg, Gary's buddy, Greg in the blue shirt. Happy 60th to Greg. He's a big fan of the show. I appreciate that. Hepper, uh, I should say happy 6-0 to Greg out there. And um, thank you guys very much for that. That's awesome. Thank you guys for listening, too. And uh, come over here and have a birthday beer on me on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you very much, too. Also, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, brought to you by Wynn Schuler Spreadable Cheeses. Number one in Indy for a reason, because you love original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. I just got to get my Kroger on 135 to get in gear. We've got an empty refrigerator down there. I know it's flying off the shelves. Let's keep it going. The people inside the lounge via YouTube Live are buying it like crazy right now. The official sponsor of this show and the lounge via YouTube Live, Win Schuler's Indy's favorite spreadable cheese. You can find it online with recipes and more. That's winshulers.com. Meantime, via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, Friend of the show, another week of high school football as we enter into that on this Friday night from Indiana Sports Talk. And he's brought to you every Friday right here by your 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run Car X locations. He is Bob Lovell staked out down in Franklin this afternoon. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? Bob, I could not be better. I, I could not help glancing at the top of the 6A top five i mean really the further down you go here um you've got name recognition certainly uh, going up against one another but the the records are a little off balance off uh, center a little bit here i mean for example Grove five and one pike one and five brownsburg six and no zionsville three and three um our our game tonight i think it's westfield five and one avon zero and six it, it may not be the best friday night for balance in terms of six a contest is it no, I think, uh, you know, from that point, I think you're probably right. Uh, you know, you're midway through your conference schedule, so you have that as a factor. Uh, and you're also at a point where you're clearly beginning to see some teams distinguish themselves from others as you get ready for the tournament. You're seeing, I think, uh, the, the you know, the cliche, you're seeing the uh, pretenders separate from the contenders, so to speak. And so... Uh, part of that's going on right now, but uh, they're still. Hey, look, Ben Davis and Carmel. Even though Carmel, you know, the record may not be as glossy. That's that's still number two versus number nine. That's a that's a good game, and uh, there's some really them really really good games uh, around the state at this time of year. You you're, you you know you you're bound to have some of these kind of things happen, John. Record wise, though, so still a really fun night, beautiful night. We're getting down to it. Listen. This Sunday is the pairing show. So if you want to 
start to get excited. That's crazy. This Sunday. Start to get real very quickly. This Sunday is the pairing show? Wow. October the 8th, baby. Pairing show. I thought we just kind of started this thing two weeks ago. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> well, uh, I was some, doing something I don't normally do, and that's look through my calendar to make sure it was where I was supposed to be. And yeah. uh, I looked down and thought, wait a minute. No, that that is right. Uh, I'm supposed to be there uh, Sunday night with the IHSAA to do that pairing show. And so uh, it's here, and it's um, it's going to be a whole a whole lot of fun. There's 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 no question. October the eighth. That'll be that's that's next week actually, but you know it's coming up soon. It's coming up very very soon, and we, um, you know. It's, it, it does go by. We say it every year. But yeah. It's true. It, it flies by. It absolutely flies by. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. High School Friday nights coming up. Our game of the week's Westfield and Avon, as I previously mentioned, in, in 5A. I, I don't know this. I don't know if you do or not. I, I can't remember, though, growing up where I did and always getting, you know, Bloomington North and Bloomington South. Right. And the right. then Bloomington Herald telephone turning into the Bloomington Herald Times. I, I can't remember a time when North ever started out the season six and zero and now atop the list in the 5A poll. That's pretty impressive. I just can't remember a time when this has occurred. I don't believe they have, quite frankly. It's What's impressive is obviously them number one, and uh, you look at, at, at Bloomington South is ranked number three, uh, and, and they've been steady all year long in, in that particular, yeah. in those slots. I mean, they, they've been that good. And they play, you know, their conference is really, really good, and they're playing great teams. And so, um, you know, East Comas East is not as good as they have been. Uh, that's who plays uh, Bloomington North tonight. South is playing Columbus North, and so, you know, good, really good teams. Uh, and I think what's what's kind of neat is that you know, outside we get kind of with our, with the, those those of us being in Indianapolis, we kind of focus on some of those Indianapolis teams, you know, the Mick and that. That kind of stuff, but this is it's great. There's great football all over the state. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, and you know one matchup tonight is, well, where you went to high school and starred, and where you live right now with with Plainfield, the, the Quakes. The Quakes took one on the chin last week against Decatur Central in a tight right, one, twenty six twenty three. They get four and two. Franklin. So the past and the present of Bob Lovell meeting tonight in 5A. There you go. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying I was a star. <laughs> because I wasn't. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, you know, look, Plainfield has uh, that lost that, that tough one last week. Thanks for bringing that up. But they've been playing mm-hmm. well. Tyler Bless, new coach, doing well. Got a good team. Franklin. Uh, has been really steady all, all year long. Both these teams have been. They don't make mistakes. They're really pretty well coached, uh, very similar to one another. Um, so it's a, you know, it should be a fun ball game. I know everybody here in town is excited about it without question, and it couldn't be a better night for it. Hey, Bob, in 4A, number one, we've talked about East Central prior. They're a 6-0 and their closest game is a win over Cincinnati Moeller, 38-28. Can something be said about this schedule in southeastern Indiana uh, towards Cincinnati, the, if you will, the I-74 corridor? Can something be said about them not 
getting playoff worthy with this regular season schedule that they're on right now? Well, you know, they won the championship a year ago. And so um, right. and they're, they're certainly in a direction in the same way. Uh, we, we really truly won't know until tournament time rolls around. But you would think um, great scheduling or great opponents make you uh, better as you get ready to play the tournament. So, well, I'm uh, assuming that's why they had Moeller on the schedule. I'm assuming that's yeah, why oh, they had yeah. Moeller, Bob, on the schedule. And I, I know they get Ron Colley, I think, in, right. in mid-October in that final regular right. season week. But besides that, I mean, it's 55-0, 42-0, 51-0, 42-7, 42-7. not been much testing going on there. No, and, and you, you worry if you're essential. You, you, clearly, you worry about that in terms of when you play better football teams. But, again, I point back to what they've been able to do. They understand it. The, the Mueller game tonight, uh, or the Mueller game, will be a great one uh, and find out a lot about themselves. But, you know, the game of the night in the state in 4A and in probably other classes is Evansville Wrights and Evansville Memorial. Yep. you got number two versus The Wrights three. Bowl, too. That at the bowl, and for those who've never been to the Wrights Bowl, it's the best place to watch. A, I think the best place to watch a football game it is. in the state. Oh, I mean, it's in, it's it is. There. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. It, hey, Bob, let, let me explain really it to you, and I'll let you finish. I'm going I'm to explain it and I'll let you finish, too. Um, it is on the bend in Evansville of the Ohio River, which is down below where it sits. And it is a glorious destination for a high school football game, especially, as you mentioned, Bob, two and three, Wrights and Memorial, one right, of the right. 6-0 and magnitude. That's nice. Uh, you know, it'll be crazy. And, and you're right. It's as if they carved out a stadium out of a hill. Yeah. And it's right there. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you got the river right there. Uh, there's even right now there probably aren't very many seats available, and these are two really really good teams uh, playing each other. You don't have to say anything else other than just say rights and Memorial, and doesn't matter what sport they're playing. So that's a, that's a great game, and I you know I think well, you know it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out of the South, obviously with East Central and one of these two teams because there's some really really solid four uh, A teams down there. To Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, of course, uh, 3A, Chittard, uh, rough shot nearly over everybody so far at uh, 6-0. Right. Um, and they get Andrean, I believe, coming up tonight, too, from, from the armpit the up in the uh, yeah, northwest yeah, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Andrean's a good football team, and this will be a, a, a real challenge for Chittard tonight. But the way they're playing, uh, you have to feel good about what you're doing. I uh, I say that because Tony Donahue's with me right now, and uh, he's from Hobart, which is the armpit right there. Well, he, uh, he's, he's a Portage grad, and uh, yeah, or oh, Portage. I'm sorry, he's, he's around he's Hobart, but a Portage with, grad. Yeah, he's a region boy, yeah. so he, he he's able to bring that up, no question. All right, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk is always brought to you by every Friday right here. Your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com, of course, the high school football game of the week here on the fan tonight features Avon winless on the season and Westfield getting handed a big time loss by Brownsburg last week by a big number. Mm-hmm. That's your high school football game of the week at seven o'clock tonight. Bob's got you covered tonight and tomorrow night on Indiana Sports Talk throughout the state of Indiana on Network Indiana. Bob, it's always an absolute pleasure, man. Soak it up and have a great weekend. Thanks a lot, John.
So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there. Seriously, the Wrights Bowl is the coolest place to witness a high school football game in the state. I mean, where it is overlooking the Ohio River like that, it is cool as hell. And a big one with Wrights and Memorial down in Vandenberg County coming up later on tonight. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, right, brought to you by Winshuler's Spreadable Cheeses. And again, I gave them credit because they are absolutely selling this thing right now. Win Schulers, they love you. Lounge via YouTube Live. They love you listeners as well here in central Indiana, a part of the Ride with JMV. Quick break and we'll come back. Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got multi-pair of Rams Colts tickets to give away. Hey, Red, are we going to get a baggery reunion here? What do you think? A chance? A small reunion is what we're going to get. That's makes a lot of sense. Very small reunion right there. I got you. Are we going to get an RD sighting? Yes, maybe. All right. Maybe a baggery reunion right here. Quick break, and we shall return. Do not go away. Mike Wells, ESPN Radio, coming up at the top of the hour. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to have to read this when I return. Mike Wells, I think Gary Brackett maybe still, and Don Fisher is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Don't go away. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead, over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson, I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. A couple of minutes away from Mike Wells, top of the hour of ESPN Radio, former Colts linebacker Gay Brackett, voice of the Hoosiers Don Fisher coming up too. Back deck, Mucky Duck, Southside Rams, Colts tickets, courtesy uh, Bud Light and our friends from Zinc. Tony Donahue's here with Fans Place, also with a chance to get you some tickets to the game on Sunday. But I got an invoice sent to me right here. Listeners never forget Inc. The JMV invoice, bet one, Rams bet Colts, I win, one case of Bud Light. Right, Bud Light. Stafford throws for 300 yards, 287, you win, one case of Bud Light. Rams have better record than the Colts, I win, one case, Bud Light. The Rams win the Super Bowl, I win, one case, Bud Light. Total three cases of Bud Light, interest in two years, one case of Bud Light. Grand total, four cases of Bud Light. Who? And this is what I owe you. Now, that's tell what, me all about this. Help that, me explain this. That was the bet that we made on air uh, the Rams Super Bowl year, right before the Rams played the Colts. All right. So we, um, I got to find you some cases of Bud Light. I, you know, luckily, I know some people here from Zinc that may have some Bud Light on hand here. That, that'd be cool. You ready for it? Now, who am I talking to here? James Ame. Good to see you, brother. You too. Thank you for coming. Did you by. read the last line there? Um, possible trade, no cases of Bud Light in exchange for tickets on Sunday. Well, I don't know if I can do that because we got a lot of people out here that want to win these two, right? You uh, understand that's why that? it was a possible trade. Yeah, it's, I understand that, my man. I appreciate your explanation and thanks for keeping me on my toes here. No I got to make sure. It's only I, been two years. It's so. only been sometimes, you know, it's stuff just it just fades a little bit. I'm getting older. 
Me too. Right. I have to talk to myself in the mirror every day about, okay, don't forget this. Don't forget that. This is who you want to be. So, hey, dude, thank you for coming out, too. Thank you. Thank you for that invoice as well. There you go. I wanted to make sure I got that straight, and we just did. Good thing I have these zinc folks here right now as well. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, talk him into that over there. I think on four cases or something like that. Is it on four cases, what I'm talking about? I'll tell you what. You can have one on me. You can have one on me right there if you want as well. Thank you. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. We'll do a Mike Wells reentry slow jam. Gary Brackett still the come voice of the Hoosiers. Don Fisher, Bud Light Blue Friday. It's I-65 at Southport Road. The legendary back deck at the Mucky Duck on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f***, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Let me tell you this, if you're ordering a pizza, this would be it right here. Mucky Duck on the South Side, Bud Light Blue Friday, back deck, Rams, Colts tickets to give away. Bud Light Blue Friday, thank you, friends at Zinc. He returns from his one-week-long hiatus to bring us back in with, from ESPN Radio, a Mike Wells slow jam. Sweet love. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. I don't know this Anita, Anita Baker song too well. I just know she has a little sweet love. Well, I tried to set you. I, I tried to set you up with the uh, the main lyric right there. That's why I kind of walked you up to that so you didn't have to deal with a lot of the lyrics you don't know. Um, this is um, something uh, back in 19, this came out in 86 from Rapture. It's a great song from Anita Baker. I've been told that she's tough to deal with now. But a oh, voice, boy. which oh, is incredible. God. And did you know, did you know at the Eastern Green Prom in 1987, um, I was a part of the, and I hate committees, right? Committees always suck. They always get it wrong. You got a bunch of knuckleheads, a bunch of knobs involved. And you tell me a committee, and I'll tell you exactly how they screw something up. And I was a part of the prom committee. And, of course, they came oh to me and God. said, hey, what, what prom song do we need? And I said, well, I need something where I can maybe do some hand and she in here later on this evening. I got to get something where we can get down, right? Get down at the Frangie Panty Room on the campus of Indiana University inside the Memorial Union. So I gave them, I gave them Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott. I gave them Love You Down by Ready for the World. I gave them the choice of Anita Baker's Sweet Love. And this idiot committee, along with me, outvoted me for Stand By Me for Benny King. Are you kidding me? Come Come on, man. You know what? And thus, thus nobody, nobody at Eastern Green and the 1987 prom got anything whatsoever. Nobody scored. Nobody scored. Well done, hey, so, Eastern Green. So trying, and I'm still pissy. What trying, so what you're telling me is, at the end of the night, there were no. Yeah. It was not a happy oh, ending no. night for those. Oh, and, uh, well, I mean, yeah. The prom? It was a self. It, it was a self-service happy ending, if it was anything. Oh my god! 
Hey, you went, from, you, went, you went from bragging about, oh, my God, I want to be part of this prom committee. I'm oh, going to yeah. have jams on. I'm going to have a get oh, yeah. music on. And all of a sudden, you act like you didn't know those people because you're like, I didn't, oh. I didn't pick this beat. It was completely embarrassing. And I love my classmates. I do to this day. But how you just don't say, all right, none of us are right except for John right here. I don't know how they didn't do that. Benny King, and then the next year they come back and give me the theme song from Dirty Dancing. And I, I just put my hands up at that time. I went, hey, man, are we, we, nobody in here is ever going to get anything. Do you guys not know how to close a deal or nothing? I mean, what? So I needed to teach a class back then, but they didn't offer that um, up for me to teach. But it was, it was ridiculous, and it still, it still eats at me all these years later. So let, let me ask you this, John. Based mm-hmm. off the songs that it ended up playing and the songs you wanted to play, right. were you the closest thing to a brother in your high school, man? Well, you know what's interesting about that? And people automatically think, hey, um, did, you went to, to Eastern and there are a lot of rednecks, and, and there were and are and always will be. But I was fortunate, and I make fun of this committee, I was fortunate that I was in a class with so many – like-minded thinkers and friends. It, it, there were no cliques. I mean, we were all, we all go to the same things, all go to the same parties, all hang out together at school, away, you know, we, we, you know sports, um, just, you know, social events, whatever. And I will look back on that class of 88 as that. Sure, we had rednecks, and I'm sure I was one of them, but we were all very like-minded thinkers, and it just, it didn't occur to us that, that Anita Baker or Gregory Abbott or Ready for the World was an, an urban sound, for example, or an R&B sound. It occurred to us that it just sounded really good, and we wanted to play it. Yeah. So I, I will always say that, um, that I, I grew up in, a, in, in a, a great time where I went to school because I don't know if that was always the case, but it was in 1988. Well, should, did y'all have a 35-year reunion for you this year? Because – you could have really, yeah. you could have had a, you could have had a JMV takeover on a Saturday night yes. at your 35 year high school reunion. Yeah, no, um, they are. I think they're doing it in uh, in Bloomfield, and it's on a Saturday night in which I can't make it. But yeah, it um, it is coming up. I I do. I I feel as close to all. I don't know how you feel about this. I feel as close to all of my classmates today as I did back then, because I, I guess I have such a great recollection and memory of absolutely everything that I can share with them. I'm like the, I'm like the walking yearbook. I can share, hey, this is what we did in October of 86. This is what we did in March of 87. You know, this is what we did in December of 88. I can come with all that stuff and, and get these instant memories. But I, I, I love them all dearly, but it was an incredibly awful decision on the prom committee going into 1987. An awful decision. They should have leaned on me, and they didn't. Now, do you ever now do you ever um, see any females that you were trying to get lucky with back in high school, and you look at them <laughs> now and say, uh-huh, you should have taken me when you could because now I'm too good for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I do. Actually, when I got past Eastern Green, I do. Um, I do that. You know, but no, I mean, I was, you know what? I sound really cool, but there was also a clownish part of me and I could kind of understand. 
I mean, I had a mirror back then, Mike. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can, I can kind of understand why, but uh, nah. You know, that's what's great about that. When you grow up with a group like that, I mean, you just kind of remain friends forever, and those are moments you think about, and they were cool as hell, but you move on. And and I'm, I'm very proud. I'm very proud to tell people where I'm from and what year I graduated, and, and uh, very proud to tell people who my friends are because they, they remain solidly my friends today, much like they were 35 years ago. What's, what's amazing, I think we've, uh, I know people are like, can you guys please talk about Rams and Colts? What's amazing mm-hmm. is the older, the older I've gotten, the more I realize how I value, how much more I value friendships because I'm sure you've come across some yes. phony people. I've come across a number of phony people. And you, I keep my circle, uh, my circle has gotten smaller the older I've gotten. Yeah, I, I love, this is what I love. And I've always been like, I want, the most friends around me, and I'm very easy to get along with. If you treat me, I'll treat you like you treat me. But, I mean, if you don't, then we're not going to have a friendship, and I don't want to hang around you. But I like making friends. And this is why doing these these live shows have always meant so much to me yeah. because I've met so many of my friends out yeah. here, like on the back deck at the Mucky Duck or, you know, wherever we are yesterday at the Ale Emporium up in – up in Castleton. It's always very special. And never take this for granted either. Because you kind of did, and it all stopped in 2000 with the pandemic, and you didn't get a chance to do it. So I never never take this for granted. But I, I love meeting people, talking to people about various things, seeing where they're from, kind of understanding their background. So this has always been pretty special. Days like this are, are incredibly special. And as many friends as possible, Mike, that's exactly exactly how I want to uh, to look at it. So what's going on in the ESPN radio world of you? Yeah, you know, man, it, it, it's kind of quiet right now. Uh, and it's been about, a, what, a week and a half or so since I've been on. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, en- I'm enjoying sitting back. I'm glad Chris Hagan put his foot down, got my CBS 4 and Fox 59 back on. Too bad his ass waited until I couldn't get my $100 a month off for a year to uh, let me know about it. But it's good being able to watch the Colts. And I, what I find amazing is – the number of fans, not all of them, it's only a small number of them, who are screaming, oh, let Gardner Minshew continue to start, even though Anthony Richardson is out of concussion protocol and he's going to be good to go. They're not, They're looking at it from a short-sighted vision of Minshew has helped the Colts win two games, win two games in a row to go two and one, and not looking at it as Gardner Minshew is not the long-term answer at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson needs to be out there. Let him play good. Let him take his lumps and continue to get better because he is the guy. He's he's the present and the future for this franchise. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What's funny, but thank you very much. Thank you. What's funny about that is I had people actually asking me, hey, since he performed and won two games, one off the bench and one as a starter, you know, should they trade him? And everybody around here still always wants to talk about you know, trade value or draft capital or any of this crap. And I said, listen, why can't you just soak up right now the fact that you have a 21-year-old starter that has yet to remain healthy enough to finish out a game, and then you have an adequate backup that you feel comfortable in where clearly his best value is right here. With that in mind, I don't understand some folks. I know that's what losing does to you. You know, the, the depression of, of losing sets in, and you're always thinking about what's three and four and five years down the road. But you have 
Anthony Richardson in that developmental process right now. And then you have Gardner Minshew just in case, as we've seen so far, that can mop up a game or come in and start and give you a great effort. His highest value is right here. And some folks around here, for whatever reason, they just don't understand it. Give, give, give me Gardner Minshew in small doses. The type of doses that we've seen where he came in against Houston and replaced Richardson, went on the road and had had a kicker make four field goals of at least 50 yards and do enough so the Colts not to lose again. But that's enough. Give me, you know, he, he's kind of he's a modern-day Jacoby Brissett for the Colts. I like Jacoby Brissett in the small doses, but long-term, big picture, multiple games, heck no. That is not the guy because those he they, he will get exposed and prove and show and prove why he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, listen, uh, maybe to a degree you you could kind of see that in that Baltimore game, but he hung with it and then didn't turn the ball over, which I think is the biggest thing uh, for that. And then obviously they they stayed in it with one another and you know knocked it home with Matt Gay in that overtime field goal from 53 for the win. And I think, Mike, that's really all that you're looking for out of him. Because I, I think I think that it it's kind of urban legend that he can be this great quarterback, you know, and win you games and do this and take you to the postseason. Really, he's just in there to help sustain when you're going through a quarterbackless troubled time right now. That's where his highest value is, and that's here. Yep, it, it, it sure is. And I know you addressed it. I'm sure you addressed this several times this week. But what Moss is doing at the running back position for the Colts, yeah. what he's doing is he's lowering that dollar dollar amount for Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion. Because what, what Moss has proven is the theory of, okay, see, you can sit there. Running backs are replaceable. They are sitting here replaceable. As good as Jonathan Taylor is, Moss has went out and – Counted the ball and helped out whether it was Minshew to help out Minshew or uh, actually the first game was garbage uh, for the Colts in the running game. But it, it it shows that you can have you can put players back there who can help ease the pain of the quarterback spot, and it doesn't have to be the quote unquote headline guy. What's up, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is with us. Hey, this is just your judgment, my judgment, our opinions here. You think Jonathan Taylor sits someplace and? is upset about this 2-1 and one start and wishes that it could be 0-3 and, and wishes that there was a desperate need for his availability right now. Do you think he feels that way? Or, you know, once he has to make that decision, and I think the lone one he has, unless he is traded, is to end up running the football right here. Do you think that he'll reacclimate easy because of the type of start with the positivity around this team we've seen so far that they've had? Uh, I'm going to preface, preface this again on uh, what you just said. This is just your my my opinion off of this. But I got to believe Jonathan Taylor's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're 2-1. I can't believe they're able to run the ball without me. Because I'm sure as time went on and he was, quote, unquote, dealing with that ankle injury and nursing it or whatnot, he was hoping that, man, the running game could be flat out atrocious. They start the season 0-3, and then they are forced to pay me my money. Instead, the opposite has happened. They went on the road and they were knock off a playoff caliber team in Baltimore, uh, go on the road to beat Houston and have a decent running attack. So 
it hurt his value on what he probably thinks he could have got as he was sitting back. Yeah, I, I just think about it here, and I don't know what your thought is, Mike, but after this weekend, and we'll find out early this week, I don't expect him to come back right away. The dude hadn't practiced basically since December. Uh, team-wise, so I don't expect him to come right back and participate. I just don't see any other avenue that he has. If the Colts stand firm on not trading him, dude's got to come back, got to play. Um, and again, all signs point to, again, him being healthy and ready to go. I just don't see, unless there's something contractually or the NFLPA I'm completely unaware of, I don't see that he has any alternative other than that after next week. He has zero alternative off of it. And I'm going to tell you now, John, if the Colts beat the Rams and move to 3-1, and one, I'm hunting Jim Ursay down after the game. And I'm and we, we know how we have all talked to or heard Ursay after a win. He gets excited. And that, this, this is a scenario that I would like to see. It's going to be tough with Aaron Donald out there, but for Moss to go out and run for 150, and the Colts run for 200-plus yards of the team, and they beat the Rams. Jim Irsay will be an animated man talking to the media, especially as they ask, hey, Jonathan Taylor's ready to come off the pump. It's coming, it's coming. And he's raving about Moss. That is the, that is the perfect scenario I would love to see Sunday afternoon. You know, and I'll take that even further. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. If they're down, as it looks like, Left tackle, center, and right tackle, where you're going to end up having a dude named Arlington Hambright start at left tackle, um, a rookie in Blake Freeland started right tackle, and, and then Wesley French for his second time starting at center. If you survive Aaron Donald, and especially, Mike, if you're able, if you're Zach Moss to run the football, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to get back here, and you got to show you can do something if you're Jonathan Taylor here at some point. I, and we'll see if it happens that way because that offensive line is beyond dinged up as we sit here and talk right now. But if it works out that way on Sunday, then, I mean, if you're Jonathan Taylor's side here, I just don't know what choice that you're going to have then jump back in and then maybe show what you can do, not just for the Colts, but for everybody else around the NFL. Yeah, so – Man, I, I, I'm I'm hoping for that to happen. I don't, you know. I mean, Me too. I'm always neutral, yeah. but I mean, I just from a storyline perspective, if I'm the Colts media guys, you you want that to happen because it gives more attention on the Jonathan Taylor saga, and it gets, it also gives Anthony Richardson his first win as a uh, starting quarterback in the NFL, and it shows that they can they have help for Richardson, so he doesn't have to do everything. A, with his arm, and B, with his own legs. No, completely agree with you. And, Mike, I've always said this. and We know what this season is about. It is a rebuild. It is a reboot. It's been that way for this team, and it's that way for the general manager. We've seen all this, but there is never, ever anything wrong in the midst of a rebuild or a reboot if you start your ass winning something. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. We saw it in 2012. We saw it to a degree with the Pacers back in December. There is nothing wrong with building a little bit of winning enthusiasm in a place that has consistently seen so little of it over the past years. 100%. I mean, it'll be 
it'll the, the, the roof is open <clears throat> will be it'll be it'll be so hot up in Lucas Oil Stadium if they find a way to pull that off. And man, I, I, I thought Baltimore was gonna be their toughest team, the toughest team on the schedule early on and stuff. And you know, they, they there's the hope and optimism, and, and that's all anybody has asked for, showing signs of promise. A potential. That is all anybody has asked for with this Colts team. And jumping to three and one as Jacksonville has staggered out of the gates would be something else. Yep. So Ryan Kelly and left tackle Bernard Ryman. By the way, if you guys are new to Bernard Ryman, a left tackle being in concussion protocol, this really just kind of happened in hours prior to practice. And it's one of those situations where at the end of the week, you're not feeling any better than you thought, and the indicator is through uh, medical folks that you need to go into concussion protocol. So I guess you can look at it as something they didn't see coming out of Sunday, and certainly they didn't expect later on in the week. So Bernard Ryman, the left tackle, and Ryan Kelly have officially been ruled out. Uh, and, and in terms of Arlington Hambright, he's more of a left-side guy, but some people suggest maybe Blake Freeland – gets at left tackle, but you don't know about Braden Smith because he's still a question mark with injuries coming up on Sunday. So what may be Arlington Hambright at left tackle, Quentin Nelson at left guard, Wesley French at center, Will Fries at right guard, and Blake Friedland, the rookie, at right tackle. That's maybe the look of this game on Sunday. And uh, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's probably sharpening the weapons as we speak. <laughs> so, with that in mind. Oh heck yeah, heck yeah. Hey, um, I got we, we I got I got to bring this up. What what do you what yeah. do you think of Chad uh, Buchanan, the Pacers uh, general manager, of his comments and where things stand with Buddy Hill? Um, I understand where they are with him because of what they have behind him, Mike. But I have said this, I don't care if it's this year, and he'll have to prove me wrong for years to come. But for this offense, he is crucial. He is essential. He's an elite-level three-point knockdown that's not just automatically going to fade and go away with age. He's never going to be able to guard you, but he's never been able to guard you. So that part, to me, is inconsequential here. But I think that, to me, without him, it affects the offense much more profoundly than it does the defense without him or putting somebody else younger that may be better defensively. So I'd be careful about, you know, just so easily letting go of the Buddy Heald era here because you don't have a lot of elite-level makers from three, which is mandatory to have now to win, and he's certainly one of them. I don't know if I would so easily let him go or trade him at the trade deadline or feel that there are guys behind him younger that could fill that need so easily because I don't see it. I think that's going to take a while. I think that that will have a direct effect on your offense now and then further down the road. Yeah, I mean, I get where they're coming from and stuff, but think, mm-hmm. right, so let me ask you this. You take, you take mm-hmm. Buddy out. Who's the team's best three-point shooter? One more time. I'm sorry. I missed that part, Mike. I said, so you, so Buddy's gone. He, you know, it doesn't work out, and yeah. he, he goes elsewhere. Who becomes the Pacers' best three-point shooter? Well, I mean, one of these days they want Ben Shepard to be that, but, I mean, hell, I'll probably be 60 years old before that happens, right? The the rookie out of Belmont? I mean, he's the end of the yeah. first-round selection, so I'm, I'm thinking that's who 
who they believe that, that they're going to have in that capacity, but he's not going to be ready for prime time. Now, granted, I mean, but Buddy's got one more year, and then you can make that decision. I just think that I, I would want to keep him around this team, at least for the short term, longer than this just, year, just this year. That's my thought. Yeah, it'll be. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's bad news for the Pacers though that Dame is in the uh, Central Division with uh, Giannis now, and I mean it'll be exciting when they get when they play them four times from a fan perspective. But man, it, it just makes things even tougher. Playoff team, yeah. as you look at them right now, as we're, I mean, trade started training camp is knocking on the door. Three's company to come and knock on your door style. Playoff team this year. Oh yeah, forty-five wins. They better. I got. They got expectations now, Mike. Forty-five wins in the playoff team. I'm not suggesting they're going to be in the top four, but they better win forty-five. Ten-year or ten-game improvement, twenty-five to thirty-five between the year prior and this past year, and then they should win ten more compared to what they won a year ago. So forty-five wins and in the postseason this is what I'm looking for. I think. I think the fans will take that because again, just like with the Pacers, it's going in the right direction. It's showing. It's, show, it, it's showing up. It's showing up. Promise out there. Hey, coach, your debut on Sunday? Uh no, I don't think we're playing Sunday. I don't know when we play. Uh, the coach needs to know. The coach should know when we play, and he doesn't. <laughs> man, we'll find out. <laughs> we will. Hey, by the way, too. Um, I want to thank you for bringing up the fact where I grew up and and how we got music. Because one of the things, one of the ways I found music out. Music that I didn't hear all the time when I grew up is because I had to go out and find it. I had to go out and find Run DMC and Curtis Blow and things like that, and I was better for that. That's one of the reasons I love it so much today is because it wasn't offered so much where I grew up, and you had to actually go out and find it. So that's that's one of the hey, true so, reasons hey, when you hey, asked where, where, a little where, bit earlier. What, what, what was that CD source called? Was it Goodies or what was the sort? The oh no, the, mall? the the disc jockey, disc jockey, and Musicland in the Bloomington College Mall, and Karma, Karma, which was down on Indiana. I would sneak in there and uh, check out what they had. Stand in line for ticket sales, and then occasionally look. Hey, why do they have this big glass bong in here? It says decoration. I think it's being used to smoke marijuana. I'm not sure. The decorative bongs back in the day. Man, hey, listen, it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a uh, coffee table yeah. arrangement. That's what it was. A coffee, it was. A coffee table. You got it, buddy. That's what it was, man. Hey, Jay, have a great weekend, my brother. Yep. And I'll talk to you next week. You too, buddy. To Mike Wells right. of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highlight. Awesome to have Mike back on here. Gary Brackett, former Colts linebacker, on the other side, on the glorious back deck at Mucky Duck. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This show on a Friday, on a Bud Light Blue Friday, my friends from Zinc are here, too. We're giving away Rams Colts tickets while you're here. Back deck, mucky duck on the south side, 65 and Southport Road. Did you want to tell me something? I want to ask you. I'm on the air right now. You went to University. I did not go to the University of Arkansas. I did. That's what my you did? Said. Okay. I did, but back in the day, but 
I went to the Harvard of the Midwest, Indiana State University, sir. I got you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, I'll talk about this. I'll go back here right now, and then I'll talk about this coming up just a little bit later. Sit tight. I'll come back with you in just a second. Mucky Duck, back deck, Southport and 65 on Southport Crossing. And on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I got to get him on here. Because he's a former Colts player. You loved him playing linebacker. You remember him. 03 to 2011 with 707 total tackles. A friend of this show, and he's going to be at the uh, Colts VIP tailgate coming up with bullseyeeventgroup.com. That's on Sunday, the FanDuel Lounge. And every week, FanDuel is going to have a marquee Colts alumni to hang out with you. I'm going to start things at 9 a.m. The doors open at 10, and you're going to be fortunate enough to have a friend of this show, Gary Brackett, with you inside the Bullseye Event Center coming up on Sunday. Hello, Gary. How are you? Man, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Gary, I couldn't uh, couldn't be better to have you on here as well. Hey, what's uh, going to be like Sunday? Going to get down there with my friend Kyle Kinnett inside the FanDuel Lounge, hang out a little bit, a little pre-gaming oh. going on, I assume? Man, shake hands, kiss babies, getting ready for, you know, exciting <laughs> Colts versus Rams game. Um, the Colts are hot right now, two in a row. So great time to be a Colts fan. What, what do you think of what you've seen? Now, we'll start defensively. Because that's the yeah. position you played for so many years and so well here. What have you seen about this defense that you've been really impressed through the first three weeks of the season? Uh, first of all, I, I just got to shout out my dog, Zaire Franklin, man. He's been playing like an absolute maniac. Um, obviously him, some of the other captains, Shaq Leonard, uh, leaders of that team. Um, but it's just been very impressive. I mean, um, they're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're, they're getting stops on third down. They're making plays, so uh, and, it's, and it's multiple different players stepping up. So you love to see that on the defensive side of the ball, uh, some of those young guys stepping up, making some plays. So Gary Brackett, who joins us, Bullseye Events Center in the FanDuel Lounge coming up on Sunday prior to that Colts home game with the Rams. 10 a.m., the doors open down to Bullseye. And, and I'm assuming you and – you and Zaire Franklin probably share some similar traits. He comes out of Syracuse, you know, not a great deal of conversation. You come out of Rutgers, not a great deal of conversation, and then substantially making your mark. You guys kind of on the same plane with the track career-wise. You guys have that common bond there? Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. I, I have a great deal of respect for him. I've met him multiple times. I've got to hang out with him a few times. Um, you just look at, you know, first year, a couple of years, special teams guy, got an opportunity to go to Mike Linebacker and just, you know, um, really took advantage of it. So definitely a lot of respect for him. But really I think the, the biggest attribute uh, is his ability to play from the neck up. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really mention um, how, how cerebral he is at, at the time during the game, um, jumping routes or even, you know, uh, making a bunch of tackles. So I think he's doing a really good job, and, and the defense has been flying around, so it's been fun to watch. He's Gary Brackett, the former coach linebacker via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, how has the linebacker position evolved, Gary, from when you were a player to how you see guys like Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, and Shaquille Leonard playing it for the Colts now? Yeah, I mean, the Colts, I think, and this is Chris Ballard, uh, he, he liked those, you know, rangy guys, right? 6'3", long arms, you know, that sort of build. Um, but I think um, even, you know, towards the tail end of my career, it just became a really uh, a passing league. And linebackers, I would always say, uh, we got to hit with the buffalo, run with the deer. 
Right? So we got to be able to stop the run right. and also play on third downs in those money down situations. And I think, you know, that's a lot of the linebackers now um, aren't those big thumpers, 250, 260. There's the guys that can make plays on third down uh, when there's a bunch of our receivers on the, on the field. Yeah, it's up. Gary Brackett with us. Uh, this is clearly a rebuild for this Colts team. And I guess on Sunday, you're going to get the start of Anthony Richardson. He hasn't finished a game yet. Didn't play in that week three win on the road in Baltimore. But from what you've seen from Richardson, what what tells you about what you believe he can be as, as he matures and grows? 21 years of age right now, still learning. But where do you think his ceiling is as this Colts quarterback? Man, I think it's, it's huge. I think from a defensive side uh, of the field, anytime you got a quarterback that can move the ball with his legs, it's always extremely frustrating. So uh, we've seen in the first two weeks, obviously he had multiple touchdowns in both games he played. Um, I think he's very exciting on, on you know, with his feet. Obviously, uh, with that comes the injuries. So obviously being more cautious about the hit he takes and the urgency he has when he's crossing the goal line and things like that. But um, I saw him at training camp make like that one, uh, one-legged throw on the run, 65 yards on the money. So I think he can also throw the football. So I think people are going to be excited to see, you know, as the season progresses, is him kind of find that chemistry with those wide receivers and then not only running the football you're going to see be excited about his arm as well it's uh, gary brackett the former colts linebacker and again you can check him out the colts vip tailgate with bullseyeeventgroup.com inside the FanDuel lounge that is coming up on sunday doors open at 10 a.m and and they're going to have with FanDuel and bullseye a marquee colts alumni to hang out with you Every single Sunday home game, and Gary's going to be that marquee name, the former linebacker coming up on Sunday. Yeah, it, do you at all equate, go back to 2012, and I, and I try not to, but sometimes I guess I force myself into it, and I know it's very early. It's like three weeks, they're two and one, but there, is there any way that you can equate or maybe compare to that surprise 11 win season they had in Luck's rookie campaign? in 2012 compared to the start of this season and some of the good fortune that they have and they also create by hanging in there until the end of games. Yeah, no question. Uh, new coaching staff, right? And I think a lot of excitement yeah. around that. Um, I think, you know, maybe not on a lot of teams' radar. I mean, you saw last week, I mean, uh, all the pundits had, you know, Baltimore winning big in that game, right? And we just stayed in there, just a gritty team. So, I think, you know, you know we, we have some potential huge upside uh, with a running back, right? We can get that situation figured out. So, I think there are some parallels just because this is a young, scrappy team with a lot of talent, you know, built around. So, I think if they continue to play good football, they could definitely, you know, shock them, you know, get get – getting a good conference seed and potentially, you know, host a playoff game. How many former Colts players do you still stay in touch with to this day, Gary? Oh, man, quite a bit. You know, my dog, Kato June, uh, David Thornton, um, uh, on yep. the Colts as well as Reggie Wayne. So I see those guys obviously multiple times uh, throughout the year. Milo Jackson, obviously uh, I keep in touch with. He's still out here. Um, some of my Rutgers guy, Eric Foster. Um, uh, some of the defensive guys, Melvin Bullitt. Um, you know, I see Saturday, Dean, so quite a few of the guys. I mean, I feel like we're always celebrating someone, you know, every year, you know, going into the ring of yeah. honor or multiple times down in Canton, guys going into the Hall of Fame. 
Um, it's surreal how many times I've been to the Hall of Fame and how many times I will continue to go just on those, you know, seasons that we play. You know, we already have five members there. Probably another three or four is going to go there. So we really have some great teams and some great guys, you know, when I was there with the Colts. Well, uh, uh, Gary, I mean, your era was the standard. I mean, that's yeah. why I call it the golden era. I mean, there's, it, there's, there's a lot that's going to have to be lived up to to get in the neighborhood of what you guys accomplished. And then I always talk about this before you got there, and, and certainly the Manning era began before you got there as well. But, I mean, there wasn't much to go on. And there was like a, a Comet type of late season in 95 with Jim Harbaugh and going to the AFC title game. But there wasn't really anything prior to that. And, and the standard you guys set is going to be the one that, that this group, starting with Anthony Richardson right here, will try to, to try to reach one of these days. And, and Colts fans hope they see it. Yeah, no, it's almost like you take it for granted, right? I, I what was a six mm-hmm. season in a row with 12 win seasons, right? I mean, that's almost yeah. unheard of. I mean, we have a record for the most wins in any decade of football. Um, so at the time, you know, we were just doing our job. We were just taking it one one day at a time, um, competing really hard at practice, making practices tougher than in games. And then when you got to the games, you know, it was time to have some fun. So, uh, man, the, the the way that, you know, obviously Mr. Ursay, uh, Bill Polian, and, and Coach Dungey, you know, crafted those teams, not only with talented players, but really guys that brought into a system that played together. And we loved one another, right? We supported one another in the community. Um, we rode with, with one another on the field. So I think it was a great – team, um, but, but even better chemistry and, and, you know, guys still support one another. I'm asking you this, Gary, because I, I didn't I saw him maybe uh, two or three weeks ago. Does it piss you off like it does me that Marlon Jackson looks exactly the same now as he did when he was 21? Because it pisses me off. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, when you're bald, like he has a bald hair, bald face, right? So you can't see any grades, right? He shaves, he shaves it all off. So myself, man, I got hundreds of grades. So, uh, uh, yeah. He, but he's lean still. I think he does that Pilates. Uh, obviously, he's out in the community doing a great thing. Uh, his foundation and his fight for life and what he's doing in the school system is just amazing. So I commend him uh, for sure. But, yeah, he, he does not age at all. He's definitely Benjamin Button. No. I uh, I look like 10 miles of chewed bubble gum half the time, man. I just, Every time I see him, I go, God dang, man. Seriously? Come on, man. He looks exactly hey, did, like did, the did same. Did you play in a softball game this year? No, luckily I didn't do that. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't do that either. I think we might we might have to retire, man. I, think, I, think we I know. It might be time. It is. And by the way, I'll look for you coming up on Sunday. Again, the Colts VIP tailgate with Bullseye. The FanDuel Lounge every week is going to have a Colts alumni. And coming up in the FanDuel Lounge on Sunday is going to be former Colts linebacker Gary Brackett. And he's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll see you down at Bullseye on Sunday, man. It's great to have you back on the show and stay in touch, man. It's always great to hear from you. No doubt, man. Looking forward to seeing you. It's uh, Gary Brackett right there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I love Marlon. And back when I was at the other station, Marlon and Melvin, we did it every Tuesday show together over at Shelbyville at, at the casino. And those guys, Melvin Bullitt and, and Marlon Jackson, were awesome. Marlon Jackson looks exactly the same as he did when he was 21 coming out of Michigan. It's incredible. It really is. But uh, always good to hear from Gary, too. And again, bullseyeeventgroup.com to get those uh, VIP tailgate passes, all you can eat, all you can drink. 
Um, you got everything going on down there, and the doors open at 10 a.m. I'll actually get things started before the doors open at 9 a.m. That's coming up on Sunday morning at the Bullseye Event Center. Don Fisher, top of the hour. IU 3.30 tomorrow on the road in College Park, Maryland, against the Terps. We'll talk to Don about that and a lot more. Back deck. It's a glorious Friday on a Bud Light Blue Friday with Rams-Colts tickets to give away, courtesy of Bud Light and our friends from Zinc. Mucky Duck, 65 in Southport Road on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. My name is John. Oh, yeah, Jamvy Takeover coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight. We'll go 80s. We'll go 70s as we normally do. Get you set for uh, all request style Saturday night, the Jamvy Takeover. Uh, the greatest song of the 1970s, in fact, playing right here. It's uh, the late, great Jerry Rafferty. Baker Street. RD's in the house over there. Red, Ryan, a little baggery get-together. I, I said, who they said he had kids and I said well my truck is out here and I can play some 80s music for him and set him in there in the AC the entire time yeah I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why he didn't uh, go ahead and go on that hey by the way to inside the lounge via YouTube live and this show as always brought to you by Winshuler spreadable cheeses the favorite here in central Indiana and the favorite of the listeners to this show original cheddar sharp cheddar bacon and cheddar and pepper jack win Schuler's spreadable cheeses you can find it in the refrigerated section of your local Kroger and local Meyer. That's Win Schuler's spreadable cheeses online winshulers.com for recipes and more uh, Win Schuler's and, and thank you guys so much especially inside the lounge I know you guys are loving it like crazy and I can tell it is absolutely flying off the shelves and I thank you very much for that. The Winshulers folks love it. Don Fisher, top of the hour, IU Maryland. That is coming up tomorrow at 3.30. We'll talk about that with Don. Meantime, the news today from the Colts, Anthony Richardson's cleared concussion protocol. He is a go to start coming up on Sunday against the Rams. But we did find out a lot of people are not. Bernard Ryman came down with concussion symptoms he has been ruled out at left tackle on Sunday. Ryan Kelly has not gotten past concussion protocol. He is out coming up on Sunday. Iffy regarding Braden Smith at right tackle. So look for Arlington Hambright. Look for Blake Freeland as possible starters. And Wesley French, another start for Ryan Kelly at center coming up on Sunday. And DeForest Buckner is a question mark with a groin injury. He hasn't practiced all week. And uh, it is iffy whether or not we see DeForest. I think people believe he's still going to play, but it is still iffy as we sit here right now. All right, quick break. We'll come back. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is going to join us on the road in College Park, Maryland, against the Terps. IU and Maryland coming up tomorrow at 3.30. Don Fisher coming up on the other side. Your chance to win Rams-Colts tickets while we're here. We're at the Mucky Duck on the south side, Southport and I-65. Southport Crossing Road is our location today. Would love to see you on this glorious 
back deck on a Friday inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's party time! P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. We're on the back deck, Mucky Duck, south side of Indianapolis, Southport, and I-65, Southport Crossing. This sounds like Lionel Richie that my good friend James back in the studio is queued up because tomorrow night on the JMV Takeover, we'll have a little 80s, a little 70s going on. This dancing on the ceiling back there from Lionel Richie, is it? Yes, James? sir. Yes, it is. Lionel Richie. My favorite Lionel Richie song. Are you asking that or are you just not? And I just made that up myself. Um, I love You Are the Sun, You Are the Rain. It makes my life this foolish game. You need to know I love you so. You Are by Lionel Richie. Top of my list of Lionel Richie songs right there. Hey, been a great show so far. Former Colts linebacker Gary Brackett again inside the FanDuel Lounge. Bullseye Event Center Sunday morning doors open at 10 a.m. I'll get you started at 9 a.m. from Bullseye, and then I'll head up to Touchdown Town, and that's 10 until noon. Me and the Goreman, Bill Brooks and Joe Wrights for the Colts pregame huddle again coming up on Sunday morning. I start at 9, and then from Touchdown Town, 10 until noon. Here on the fan, Gary Brackett a little bit earlier, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, and Nate Atkins of the Star also earlier. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, a fixture in the 5 o'clock hour every Friday for a variety of reasons, including those of football. On the road right now, College Park, Maryland tomorrow, Indiana, and the Terps underway at 3.30. By the way, Maryland 4-0 and 1-0 and in the Big Ten, and the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us hello don how are you good john how you doing how's college park maryland treating you today <laughs> well i just got here i had to change rooms because the room i had didn't have air conditioning <laughs> so <laughs> i've been i've been flighting around here looking for you know just to get unpacked and everything so I, i'm pretty much settled in now i'm good <laughs> well at least the room didn't have like blood or anything in it that's good <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I, ha- I haven't I haven't examined it that quite that closely yet, John, but uh, I don't think it has, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, the trip to College Park uh, for a team, and, and last weekend was beyond odd because in four <laughs> overtimes, in four overtimes, IU gets a win in football, but much like has been the case, there's – it's it's kind of IU football-like when you get a win and you still just get ripped to shreds for basically the week afterwards. That's kind of the way that it's been against Akron. And, and you look for those moments when they can make up for it. And obviously tomorrow at 3.30 is one of those starting points. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, if you could knock off Maryland and the ball club that has started as hot as any team in the country at this point, they're 4-0. I think they are number two in the country in offensive yards uh, gained, which is pretty spectacular. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a ball club that's defense has gotten better than it has been probably since Mike Moxley took over. That's five years into his program now. And they are, they are really doing a heck of a job. And, of course, they've got the quarterback that may be the best quarterback in the Big Ten this year just based on seniority and the fact that he has been around so long and it does such a great job. And that's uh, Tungvaloa, uh, the brother of Tua Tungvaloa. So, uh, without question, they've got the tools. They've got a skill set that's uh, next to as uh, good as anybody's in the conference. Uh, certainly at the wide receiving position, their their top running back uh, Roman Hemby hasn't probably had a breakout year at this point, but man, he can he can actually put numbers on the board, and he's capable of doing that. And they've been using a couple of other running backs too that have been productive at this point. So he's not well by himself. So I'm just I, I know that if Indiana can somehow find a way to pull this one out, it would be a major upset at least at the outset of the season. Tagovailoa, by the way, has 1,112 yards, eight touchdowns, and three interceptions. And you're talking about that offensive attack for that Terrapins team. It has been stout through the first four games of the season, Don, to say the least. Yeah, they have. And and like I say, they're, they're pretty balanced in that sense. But you know it's Tagovailoa, who uh, everybody knows is the, is the key that makes them go. He got hurt, though, last year in the Indiana game, if you remember, Early in the fourth quarter, maybe late in the third, I can't remember exactly what time it was that he got hurt. They came back and won that ball game behind Billy Edwards Jr., who is still the backup quarterback for this team, and played so well at that point. And I think Indiana may have thought, with Tungvalu out of the ball game, uh, now this is our chance to pull it out. And maybe they lost a little of their edge. Whatever the case may be, they couldn't get Billy Edwards stopped any better than they could Tungvalu. But it was still a very tight ball game right to the end. It has been the last two years. It's a team that Indiana has given Maryland trouble with. And Indiana has the all-time series record against them, 7-4. to four. But in the last three years, uh, it has been two wins in a row now for this Maryland ball club. And Indiana needs to get that turned around. All right. I do want to double back just for a moment to last Saturday night, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, what uh, What was your feeling sitting up there calling this game? I mean, it was – it was weird because it's going, hey, you know, this is something you should be doing. You know, and obviously it takes a, a missed uh, field goal attempt from a, a punter in that situation and then some other plays to be made in four overtimes to get that win. What did you make of that game as a whole? Um, I guess there's only one word for it, ugly. Uh, there's no yeah. question. It was, it was a terrible performance by Indiana. Terrible in the sense that you expect them – Maybe not to dominate Akron, but at least to be the dominant factor in the ball game, and they weren't on either side of the football. Uh, the truth of the matter is, Taven Jackson had his worst game, and you know you're you're a freshman, you're going to have some issues, but it all kind of started in the first quarter when Donovan McCulley dropped that pass with nobody around him. I mean, he had a 15-yard run to the end zone, basically could have walked in, uh, in essentially because nobody was covering him at that point. That was the that was the first thing that you kind of noticed that maybe this team isn't quite as ready as we were led to believe that they would be against a team that you think Indiana should at least beat and beat soundly. Uh, that didn't happen. It, it took right down to the end of this contest. The defense didn't play well either. Uh, they were on the field too long, I think, in the second half. That was a factor because the offense couldn't do much. 
But at the same time, there just wasn't there wasn't an edge to this football team. And you would think uh, a ball club that knows that they're right on that margin of maybe getting a chance to go to a bowl game if they can win uh, their third game of the season at this point early on, that maybe the confidence level builds, they get better as the season progresses and knock off two or three of these other Big Ten teams that don't look like they're off to great starts either, i.e. Illinois and Rutgers. And, well, Rutgers is playing pretty well, but there are still teams that out there that Indiana can beat, and yet you gave away a ball game in, in a sense, or at least it felt like you gave away a ball game, in which Indiana didn't perform anywhere close to expectations. So right now, I think, John, the big key is what? how does Indiana come back this week? Will they have the right mindset? I think they will because I would imagine I, – I think the locker room was more like a losing scenario last week after the ball yeah. game. You certainly heard it in Tom Allen's voice at, at post-game comments. Uh, without question, he didn't think his team was ready to play, and he said, that's on me. Uh, and without doubt, this is a ball club right now. We know it's better than what we saw last week, but they're going to have to prove it on the football field, and tomorrow will be a real test. Don, you are so right in terms of the players. I mean, how, how do you not know? I mean, basically, you have to just not be paying attention to anything to not know to go out and, hey, listen, we're at IU. This is what this has been known for, I mean, before they were born, for the most part, and we have to go out, we have to go out each and every time and play like we're on fire, not be, you know, set on fire after the game and winning a four-overtime game that everybody, you know, made light of you and joked about you. I, I mean, I, and I understand the coaching standpoint that's always going to fall on Tom's shoulders, and it should. That's what we know it to be. But, man, how do these dudes not come out there, be ready to play in any given scenario is just ridiculous to me. Well, I can't argue with that, John, because I've been doing this thing for this my 51st <laughs> year, as you know. And I have seen this happen to Indiana football teams over the years, and it hasn't mattered who the coach was. It has happened mm-hmm. many, many, many times, more than I would like to remember. Uh, and, it, and like I said, it has not mattered who the coach was. This team has not been ready to play off and on through the years, and you just don't understand it because everybody else gets up. I mean, most of these other teams don't overlook people, and uh, even the Ohio States and the Michigans, uh, it's rare that they overlook somebody, and yet you've got a penchant for doing that in your program, at least historically you do, and and how do you not know that? And and I, I can't believe that they don't. Maybe they don't follow history at all. Maybe they don't know much about their team. I mean, you got 24 guys from the transfer portal on this ball club plus freshmen. Yeah. So 36 new faces basically on the ball club. Um, but that's on your leadership. That's on your players. That's on the guys that have been here for a while and know what they look for. Uh, I just don't get how you cannot be ready to play everybody that you play, especially when you're going up against the Mac team, who over the last uh, two decades have won three times over Indiana. Uh, they've beaten twice by Ball State, and I'm trying to remember who the old Bowling Green was, the other team that beat them. Yeah. That was on yeah. the road, of course. But, hey, that can't happen anymore. You just can't have that happen. And unfortunately, it did on Saturday. But Indiana won the game. I mean, we were talking like they lost it, but it felt like a loss more than it did a win. It did, too, especially if you're talking about anybody in that program taking anything for granted in football. Um, That is the wrong approach immediately. Don Fisher joins us again 
IU Maryland coming up tomorrow, 3.30, your uh, gang time begins, 2.30, your coverage downstairs on 93 WIBC. I did want to get back to something, and I, I do know this because I know you so well. Uh, you don't pay attention. You're not on social media, and you really don't care, and I get that. But I, I did want to ask you, I'm assuming somebody has told you about the talk show on Wednesday night when, when kindly an IU fan approached your table and basically, and I'm going to paraphrase here, told – told Tom that he needed to get a new offensive coordinator. Um, to me, that's just kind of the way that fans are. So it's very unsurprising considering that type of game that they got in that Akron win on Saturday. Were you surprised what's been made of that in the past 48 hours or so? Well, I'll be honest with you. I, you, know, you, As you pointed out, I'm not on social yeah. media and don't care and don't really give a rip one way or the other what social media is saying. All I will say is that I was surprised that the gentleman got up there and stated it the way he did and put Tom on the spot like he did. I, you know, and I, I just don't think that's the way to handle it. But obviously, this gentleman thought that was the way to do it. Uh, I'm not putting him down uh, for saying what a lot of people are saying. But at the same time, that was probably not the place to do it. And if his section of the, of the audience at the football games thinks that way, then they got to do something on their part of it. You don't need to do it in confronting the coach on a radio show. Yeah, I, I honestly, the, the first I thought of it was, I, I don't know how you could, you know, put the coach in that. He, he seemed like he was trying to do it in the nicest way possible. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but I agree. it was just, was it was really odd. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he's so. a guy that's been up to our, show, our shows many times. Uh, I've talked to him briefly on a couple of occasions. Uh, he's, he's a nice man. I don't think he was trying to be hurtful, but he just he picked a bad time to do something like that, in my opinion. Yeah, it just seems like I mean, what, um, the only way you Tom's get gonna, John. What do you think, Tom? What does he think Tom's going to say? Okay, we'll fire him tomorrow. <laughs> what does he? What do you think? I mean, the, the whole point is he he was trying to tell Tom Allen. That this is yeah. what you need to do. Well, if that's what he if that's what he wanted to say to him, he should have come up to him after the show and said, "Tom, our whole section thinks you ought to fire the or the offensive coordinator." Well, <laughs> again, that's that's his prerogative. He did what he thought he could do, but I will guarantee you this: he probably won't be on the microphone this week. Well, the live mic. Go ahead. Go ahead. First of all, he won't be on the show this week because we don't have a show after the. This is a bye week coming up. We won't have a show next Wednesday night. But I don't think it'll happen in the near future either. <laughs> so, um, will we keep the live mic in play here at these shows the in the future? At, at this point, I have not been told we cannot. So I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Uh, from my perspective, I always think it's good to have the audience participate. And I don't think that one scenario like this should alleviate that, if you know what I mean. Did uh, did anybody, I'm just kind of curious, anybody at IU, you know, like from the, the athletic department, Dulcet on down, have anything to say about that moment on Wednesday? Not to, not to me, no. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I, I stated it when I asked you that question that it didn't seem that bad. And I understand what you're saying about, you know, putting Tom Allen on the spot right there. But it did seem like he tried to phrase it, you know, in, in the, the best, nicest way possible. And, and from what you read in social media, which I know you don't, they don't do that that way. That's not how they proceed in how they're talking about that team. So I, I guess it didn't have an, a, that profound of an effect on me as it did for others, I guess. 
No, I, I mean, here's what I would say to that. How many people, how many people confront coaches? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yep. you almost never hear of anybody confronting a coach. I mean, this guy didn't really confront him. He just kind of made a statement. He didn't ask him a question. He just kind of made a statement. And I would argue that I can't remember ever in my entire 29 years or 27 years of covering Bob Knight's 29 in Indiana that anybody <laughs> ever went up there and did anything close to that. And I'm telling you that, it, and I say not even close because I'm trying to remember whether there was ever a pointed question to Bob Knight over the years. Yeah. And, and there, truly, well, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's tr- I mean, it's truly rare that anybody does something like that with any head coach, whether it's football or basketball, pro, college, high school, whatever the case may be. Well, you and I share these stories all the time because when I started out in radio, I would run the board in Bloomington for your Bob Knight talk shows. And this was in the, um, in the latter portions, mid to later portions of the 90s when it wasn't so great. And there's right. no way you would want some kind of, of live mic going there. But I, I couldn't imagine, you know, basically prior to that time, I don't know how many times anybody would have anything really, at least a, an IU basketball fan, anything bad to say about Bob Knight. But it did remind me of that one that you and I have talked about before with, with Kelvin Sampson. It was a little bit different, obviously. But when Kelvin sure. Sampson was the coach and the guy got on there and, um, and said, have you been – to the wigwam and and you know in terms of have you been to anderson's wigwam gymnasium there because of the the basketball heritage and and clearly kelvin took it a different way <laughs> so that's that's the only one i could remember that that caused uh that kind of stir and involving a caller or somebody that had a live mic like that so exactly exactly and again let's let's point out here that social media today <laughs> takes off and anything that said Anywhere near, even if it's not controversial, yeah. it could be determined that way, if you know what I mean. Can you imagine what social media would have done when you were doing the Bob Knight talk show and he was cleaning his gun or using the bathroom <laughs> or at the gas off eating mashed potatoes? <laughs> no, I don't think. I, I know that social media missed its calling when Coach Knight was on head <laughs> Well... Uh, I think we're probably all better for it because we got to there was a there was so much good out of that era, right? So much good out of that era. It would have been dialed down quite a bit had social media been around then. <laughs> I think you're right, John. I think you're right. We're all we're all. It's it's like I think about it like this. Like I'm glad I grew up when not everybody could take an instant picture of you with whatever you're doing. That probably like today I'd be in jail 900 times. And back then it was like, hey, whatever, yeah, do it. So I'm glad uh, in a lot of ways technology was not not around back then in that fashion. So yeah, and that's why I don't take advantage of it. <laughs> uh, you're not missing out on much. Oh, trust me, I know. You're not missing. You're not missing out on much. All right, where's Edgewood playing tonight? I didn't check this out. Edgewood, I believe, is at home tonight. My son uh, is probably going to shoot me, but I can't tell you where they're playing tonight. I've had a busy <laughs> week, and I just didn't get to it. And yeah. I was going to call him on my way to Bloomington, and he was teaching at that time, and I couldn't do it. So I haven't talked to him yet. But last week they scored 25 points, which is, to me, was a victory in itself, even though they got beat <laughs> by Indian Creek. <laughs> They, they got 25 on the board last week, which is the highest number since the opening game of the season. 
Uh, he is building it at some point. It's going to get much better. You just people have to be patient because it takes a little bit of time. Well, it is it is tough, and you know what he can do? Uh, I don't know if it's going to make him feel better, but look what Bloomington North is doing, and look how many years Bloomington North, you know, had right. a bad season, was was always, you know, second fiddle in Monroe County to Bloomington South, and then, you know, in 5A, they're 6-0 and and ranked number one. I mean, the worm, as they say, can can turn if you stay after it like that. There's no question, uh, and that's that's all. All the fans in Ellettsville can say the same thing because they they know. And, and here's the good news: yeah. I haven't met anybody. Nobody's come up to me and said, you need to "Get rid of your offensive coordinator." <laughs> uh, yeah, or, or they haven't said it to anybody else because I think they're pretty excited what Scott brings to the table and how he's cultivating a new culture. The uh, the Mustangs get Sullivan. At home tonight on the red That's surface. Right. That's right. In I knew that. Yeah. Some place in the back of my mind, I knew it was Sullivan, but I forgot. <laughs> the Golden Arrows, and and they get Northview next week, and they'll they'll beat the pants off of Brown County. So coming up here on the thirteenth. So sorry, sorry about that, Brown County. I love you, Nashville, but they'll beat the pants off of Brown County. So then we'll do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take that as a positive prediction. <laughs> yes, do it, please do. All right, you guys hit the air at two thirty from College Park, Maryland tomorrow. Correct? Yes, we do. All right, and then uh, are you still going to join me next week? Right, even though there's a bye week going on, you're still going to be here. Well, I probably will join you. It uh, just depends on whether or not the golf courses are closed. <laughs> well, if it's a day like today, they won't be. You know that. So I know. I know. No, I'll, be, uh, yeah. I'll join you next week, John. No problem. And Yep. And then uh, once, once you get clear, obviously, the football season, and you can, me and you, at uh, our table, on me, down there at uh, 135 and Whiteland Road oh, in Barkersville. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I haven't been it. there a few weeks myself because of uh, high school football that I've covered and all the other things that are going on with our lives right now. <laughs> so um, the, the end of the story. So last week, Hagen met me and Hagen and Bob Kravitz and I went to a concert at Brown County Music Center in Nashville. Great concert, yeah. by the way. On the way home, Hagen said, hey, let's stop at um, in Morgantown at Frenchie's Pub, which kind of looks like a biker bar. And I immediately said, hell yeah, let's do it. Bob Kravitz in the back didn't want anywhere near it, right? So, so we stopped because of that. <laughs> so we, we stop at Frenchie's Pub, and immediately this dude comes out the front door and goes, hey, man, there's J&B and Hagen. And uh, I said, yeah, and here's Bob Kravitz. And this guy who was drunk and awesomely drunk picked Bob up and, like, his little legs were dangling like he was a little rag doll to this guy, swinging him back and forth. <laughs> well, Bob knew what he was saying when he said he didn't want to stop. No, well, we made it. We made him, too. I go, no, no, no. You, hey, you, you got you to gotta broaden your brand here, all right? Broaden your brand. And uh, I, it was, I, we stayed for about an hour, and it was absolutely awesome. I don't think Bob thought it was as awesome as Chris and I did. But uh, it was awesome. <laughs> well, how, how could two rednecks like you think it wasn't awesome and you know he's a little more sophisticated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. 
we fit right in there. I said, I'm coming back. I said, I'm going to give you guys a tavern tour stop because I love this place. Seriously. So it's it's Frenchie's pub in Morgantown is where we were. And uh, and it was like watching Kravitz's little legs swing like that when he was getting lifted up was awesome. I wish I had video of that. <laughs> so, hey, Dodd, have a great broadcast tomorrow. 2.30 pregame show on 93 WIBC and the IU Radio Network, of course. And uh, 3.30, things are underway against Maryland, the Terrapins, and that great offense. I appreciate you, buddy. Safe travels. Thanks, Yeah, We'll see you, bud. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Seriously, I love places like that. It's like where I am right now at Monkey Duck. I love being out with people. And uh, Frenchie's in Morgantown was awesome. I just don't think Kravitz thought initially it was as awesome as Hagen and I did, but it was an absolute blast. And a shout-out to those at Frenchie's down in Morgantown. And I am going to try to get you. I mentioned that to Brent Halverson yesterday, a tavern tour stop in Morgantown at some point because uh, I, I do. I love it down there a great deal. Quick break, and we shall return. We'll come back with your calls. We do have time for that at 239-1070 if you guys want to work your way in. The Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day from Fans Place. Our friend Tony Donahue is going to join with your chance to win some tickets as well. Mucky Duck on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Back deck Southport in 65 with multi-pair of Rams Colts tickets on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Mucky Duck, Southside, Southport. In 65, Mr. Mister, the re-entry right here. This is a power song that plays at the top of the hour. That's why we got to be in and out quickly at the top of the hour. James, back at the studio. I love D. Wood. He knows that I'm joking about that. Hey, the Pacers have signed guard Alfred Payton. Uh, he is uh, an NBA veteran. Tony Donahue is Thank with you. me right now from Fans Place. He's going to tell you how you can win some tickets. But correct me if I'm wrong, and – I, maybe you can find this, James, the late, great Slick Leonard and one of his greatest lines of all time was regarding Alfred Payton when Slick thought he was wearing a hat while he was playing. Yeah. Was that like, for the Orlando Magic? It was either the Magic or wasn't he? Did he spend some time the, with the Pelicans? The Pelicans. Um, yeah. And it was probably 2016 or 2017, and there was a foul called, and Slick looked at Boyle, I believe, and said, is he wearing a hat? Because, I mean, there, he had the... It was over the top of his, I mean, it was almost like the bill of a hat. So Yeah, he said, is he wearing a hat? And then Mark, who, by the way, both Mark Boyle, Robin Miller, yep. the late Robin Miller, and Mark Patrick, they're going to be inducted into the uh, Indiana Broadcasters Hall of Fame yeah. at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up on Monday, which is awesome. We have worked with them all, but Mark was obviously with Slick on that broadcast. And that's one of the more memorable moments the, with Alfred Payton I can remember. That's funny because uh, in my Facebook memories the other day was a picture of me, Mark Boyle, and Robin Miller downtown at Ike and Jonesy's. I think you did a, a college football broadcast at Ike and Jonesy's, and, and, and we all came down. And then I, that's probably how the birth of Tommy Donahoe came apart. Yeah, wasn't yeah. It? yeah. yeah good was, times. Yeah. Good Alfred times. Payton. And I'm assuming it's just a part of a, a camp in preseason. He was here. He's been that's here. He's with the Mad Ants in Fort yeah, Wayne, right? Yep. And so, I mean, you know, see what you got. Probably a small veteran contract. 
Uh, see if he can maybe add a little bit of depth to the bench. All right, Fans Place, you're a part of that. Yeah. And you're with our friends from Zinc and Bud Light on this Blue Friday. How can people win? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to Zinc and everybody at Bud Light. Um, come on out to our Bud Light Blue Fridays with yourself. Uh, I think Sam Silver Circle next Friday. Yes. We do trivia, um, 5, 5.30 and 6 Colts trivia for tickets. Uh, we have a daily street contest where Matt over there uh, was almost going to win $1,000, but he got 16 in a row. You need 20 in a row to win 1000 <laughs> He almost got there, but he did win 100 for getting 10 in a row. So nice. We have daily contests. He won a hundy? He won a hundy. What? Yep, we had multiple people win 100 over the weekend. So uh, just check in. Um, put your notifications on in the app and get into all of our contests from college football this weekend, the Colts-Rams game on Sunday for tickets for next week's contest. So it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're continuing to grow. And here I am back on with you. Yeah, and, and every Friday you come on to talk about Fans Place, and I know that you're, you're with Zinc and obviously with Bud Light. How's Fans Place going right now? Yeah, we continue to grow. It's just about getting uh, downloads, and you know, thanks for the help of everybody at Bud Light and Zinc, and you guys as well for having us on. It's been a, it's been a good partnership. Uh, we do contests for everything from NASCAR, Talladega this weekend. we got a Joey Logano autographed diecast you can win. It's always free to play. Uh, we try to get people out in the local bars, checking in, giving them points and tokens that they can redeem at those local bars as well. So um, it's been a lot of fun, and we'll just continue to grow. And obviously the cold season is a big season. So Sometimes, Tony, you know this because you've done this job before. I have to ask, hey, James, I didn't hear you. Did you tell me somebody was on the line? Chris Hagan can't come on. Oh, really? Oh, you heard that and I yeah. didn't? God well, dang it. Nobody's shocked by that, right? Oh, I didn't hear it. All right. Thank you, James. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think Hagan was going to call in. Normally, he's down here. How was last Friday? Else. It was a fantastic time at Brown County Music Center. I just told Don Fisher the story about going to Frenchie's in Morgantown afterwards with Hagan and Bob Kravitz, which yeah. was absolutely outstanding. So, no, seriously. Hey, one more time about how people can win stuff, money, and tickets yeah. with you at Fans Play. Yeah, it's a free-to-play app, always free to play uh, we never ask for any money it's an alternative to gambling we put the money back into the local economy you could win tokens by answering questions right winning contests you take those tfps into a place like mucky duck or any any pretty much almost any bar here in indianapolis we've, we've got a lot inside of our app check into those places we'll give you extra tokens extra points turn those in uh cashback rewards at all these different places and uh but we'll, we'll be out this weekend buying some bud lights downtown before the colts nice game. uh hop on our twitter we got bullseye event group tickets to give away as well so uh it's been fun it's growing and uh, we hope people continue to play on it and thanks to everybody here at mucky duck for downloading it's been a great crowd so far it has and, uh, and you're not only back with me right now but you're yeah. also back in another place we've also worked with zinc over there yeah too. so i decided so. with this i was going to bring my two former yeah. employers to the table and say let me spend your money for you so uh it's been great bud light and zinc we know how great they are the support they have of you the support they had of me uh still do and then here we are uh you know, thanks to great people at the fan like Michelle and, and Griff and Travis for, uh, for, for, for believing in this. And uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's a free sports prediction app. So if you haven't done so already, check out the Fans Place, fansplace.com. Uh, check us out on Twitter as well. It's on my Twitter timeline at Tony TonyDND as well. I know you get a bail here at uh, 20 till. What game yeah. you got tonight? I've got a Heritage Christian and Lapel tonight. Heritage really? Christian 5-1 and one on the season uh, up on the north side. It's homecoming. Uh, so I did a game two weeks ago. It was homecoming. So that's about a 30 minute halftime. And then we had a five minute delay. So the space station could fly over and everybody could watch it. So <laughs> that might be the first time in the history of the IHSA. Really yeah. Everybody was delay. looking up and a, everybody in the stands stood up and was looking. Could you the easily sky. see it? And it was like a star going yeah. by, you know, I mean, they tried to zoom in on it on the camera, but it was like a star going by, but uh, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I've never had that before. So it was a good game. Um, but tonight should be a good one. Heritage Christians are really good team. And, uh, I'm trying know. to think who has been with me recently. I think we were doing the uh, the fan golf outing at, at yeah. back nine, 
And one of the guys with us, his son, is the quarterback. Okay. And yeah. Here it is, Christian. They've, they've got a really good team, five and one this season. Uh, his last name is Nick. Eli Nix is the quarterback for yeah. Heritage Christian, I believe. I believe he was a sophomore, too. So, um, young team, but pretty nice to be 5-1 and one to start the season. So, Tony Donahue, fans place, everybody. He's got that game coming up later on tonight with Heritage Christian and LaPel. And every Friday, along with our friends from Bud Light and Zinc, he'll be a part of what we're doing with our giveaways and such. And this weekend, for the Rams and the Colts, and catch him downtown. You can find him this weekend before the Colts game. For some free Bud Lights. My brother, I appreciate yeah, you. Thanks, man. We'll see you Sunday. We'll be at a couple different locations downtown. Bud Lights, Kona's. We'll be buying, having a good time. Check us out. Tony Donahue, everybody, right there. All thanks, right, Tony. Take care, John. Tell Blake so, I said hello. You got it. He's probably listening right now, too. That's so, yeah, we're ready for it. Tony D, everybody. You know, I didn't mention this. Uh, the Indiana Broadcasters Hall of Fame is coming up on, on Monday, that induction ceremony. And um, a part of that, again, is you got it. The uh, voice of the Pacers, Mark Boyle. My, uh, the, the guy that I got started with in this market was Mark Patrick. And certainly Mark had done so much more when I started with him in 2000. You know, he'd already been doing the Hoosier Lottery, already done Wish TV Channel 8. You know, been a part of the Bob and Tom show. See you later, John. Take it easy, brother. Uh, been a part of so much over the years around here and just became a legendary. Uh, Mark Patrick is going to be inducted into the uh, Broadcasting Hall of Fame. And our friend, the uh, late, great Robin Miller, will be a part of that. So that, that to so many. I know there are others, too, and I, I'm sorry I didn't mention the others as a part of this. I don't have it in front of me. But that's going to be an, an incredibly special moment for a lot of folks coming up on Monday. And it's going to be so big. I think they moved that to Cambridge Fieldhouse. But that will be awesome. And, uh, again... To everybody that's going in to the Hall of Fame, congratulations. And obviously, you know all these names, and a lot of those names have been a part of this show uh, in a prior fashion. And I know that's going to be really special. And Monday should be cool. I'm going to try to get Mark on here at some point. I'll get a hold of Drew Store and his son and see if I can get Mark on here and maybe talk about that too because uh, it's been a while. No, Mark was on um, over the summertime, I think, on the midday show. Um, I think with Vince Welch, when Vince was in here, uh, Mark was on with him for just a, an absolute fantastic interview. The guy is still as knowledgeable as he ever was and goes back so far with that knowledge. But so much that I learned about doing this, and, um, and when I think about it too, I was with him from 2000 until 2004, and I've been doing this on my own since November of 2004. So it will have been coming up this November, seriously, in you know a little over a month, month and a half or whatever, 19 years of me doing this myself here and uh, got my start doing that with Mark Patrick. So congratulations to all of the inductees going into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame in the state of Indiana coming up next week. All right, we'll come back. I'll remind you of a lot of things that are going on, including the offensive linemen that more than likely will be missing two of the three we know. We know the left tackle. We know the center. We're kind of wondering about the right tackle as well when they face the Rams coming up on Sunday. We'll do that. And Colts Happy Hours coming up at the top of the hour as well. A Bud Light Blue Friday. Mucky Duck on the south side, Southport and I-69. The stream, the app, HD Radio, the Schuler's, Windschuler's Spreadable Cheese Lounge going on via YouTube Live 
as well. And 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for the 80s re-entry right there very much. James back at the studio. Deb's the on-site engineer. Mucky Duck on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We got Colts Happy Hour coming up at the top of the hour. A lot of things you need to know, especially regarding this Colts defense. Now, honestly, the big story of the day, no Bernard Ryman concussion symptoms um, apparently prevailed uh, something that, that struck him or, or something that, that happened that wasn't found earlier in the week and then, I, I guess, uh, concussion symptoms that did not go away as of Friday. So he entered concussion protocol. He is going to be out. Ryan Kelly, the center, did not clear concussion protocol in time, so he's going to be out. And then Braden Smith at right tackles dealing with a myriad of injuries right now. So you may have... Uh, um, uh, Hambright, uh, Freeland, and for sure you're going to have a situation with Wesley French being the starter. We'll find out if it's you know, Arlington Hambright or uh, or Freeland at uh, left tackle coming up on Sunday. But there's a lot to figure out. And, and again, some of this stuff we'll talk about in uh, Colts Happy Hour coming up at the top of the hour. Defensively, though, they have been sound. Colts lead the league. Tackles for loss, 23, tied for second in sacks. I don't know how many of us thought that that would be the case through the first three weeks of the season. Quiddy Pay leads the team, by the way, with three sacks and five players in all with multiple tackles for loss, including three with at least four. Uh, that's EJ Speed, Quiddy Pay, and uh, Samson Ebicom all have. Four tackles for loss on this early season. So defensively, they are incredibly stepping up. We'll talk about more of that in Colts Happy Hour at the top of the hour. Again, live from Mucky Duck. Now, I got a note. I got a note from Sloan. Uh, Sloan and Nick are getting married coming up in May. And this note suggests, you can look at it via YouTube Live right here if you're looking. Uh, this note suggests uh, they're asking me to be a DJ at their wedding. Nick is joining us. You want me to DJ your wedding? I do. Coming up in May? Yeah. You don't mind what I play? Because normally in DJed weddings, it's like a, a script of songs you guys want played. No, I want to. And complete, I normally don't play that. I want a complete takeover. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know how interesting. I, I think. I kind of have a little bit of the stuff that's necessary. Not all of it, but a little bit. I'm sure you could make it beautiful. Maybe put it something together. So you're getting married in May. Yep. You and Sloan, how long have you guys been together? Two years. Two years. Congratulations on that. So where are we getting married here? Downtown Indy. I Downtown Indy. I'm not sure. That that, well, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't either until that crap happened. I had I no said, idea. I ended up getting married at the Venetian in Las Vegas. That sounds so, like a yeah, it was, uh, great time. But the night before, I was completely hammered at a strip club. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of at, other guys. Yeah. My previous wedding, I was at a strip club the night of the wedding. There <laughs> you go. I like that. So, uh, big fan, Colts fan. I see you're a Reds oh, yeah. fan here, oh, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm cheering them on to the end. Well, me too. And I've said this before. I don't have any thoughts that they're going to be able to do anything because they basically need to sweep St. Louis. And that's going to be a difficult enough task with the Cardinals, even with the Cardinals having a down year, but they're going to need a ton of help mm. with the Marlins, with the Cubs losing. I mean, it the, seems out of the question, but it has been 
for more the most part an Fine. enjoyable season. Yeah. I mean they're hanging into it until the end. I never thought that. Yeah. I went out there Labor Day, it was a great weekend. Um, who do you who do you like on this team more so than anybody else right now, this Reds team we're talking about? Well, Ellie? Daly? De La Cruz? Yeah, De La Cruz. I'm a big Matt McClain guy uh, I, who's, who's I out with, him, that he got hurt. With, yeah. Yeah, with the oblique for the remainder of the regular season here. Um, I, I like uh, Spencer, Spencer Steer, Steer a yeah. great deal, who's been on the show before. Spencer Steer. Um, they have a lot of moving parts. They just need some pitching. You know, on the pitching, mm -hmm. you know, Lodolo coming back healthy next year. Hunter Green being healthy for the year. And you could tell Andrew Abbott absolutely ran out of gas. Andrew Abbott kind of reminded me, and this probably goes back well before you, there was a guy in 1990 when they went wire to wire named Jack Armstrong who actually had a great start to the season, right-hander, uh, great start to the season, and then pitched in the All-Star game. He started the All-Star game, and then after that he was a mess. And basically for Andrew Abbott, he was good through – the midseason has been awful since, and you can just tell that dude has run completely out of gas. Mm -hmm. So, kind of what that reminds me of. All right, Colts fan too? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to win some tickets. Well, you better get back to it. <laughs> Nick, congratulations, on, and I'll see if I can do something and DJ the wedding for you and Sloan. How about I'd, that? I'd appreciate that. Uh, especially if it can be like a JMV takeover. Oh, you guys listen every Saturday night? Oh, yeah. Boom. I love to hear it. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. That's Nick and Sloan, everybody. Congratulations. Getting married coming up downtown Indy in May. Yeah, see, normally weddings, they say, oh, you got to play this. And, you know, for the first dance, you got to play Moon Dance by Van Morrison. And I go, you know what? That song sucks. Can we play something else? Can we play something else other than Moon Dance? Um, but no, if I can do it all myself, I think I'd be down with that right there. But congratulations to uh, Nick and Sloan as well. Hey, a quick shout-out to everybody. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, brought to you by Wynn Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses. You guys have been fantastic this week, and what a great week it has been. If you missed it, it'll probably re-air on Sunday morning with me as a part of the ride to kickoff. I start at 9 a.m. at the Bullseye Event Center. But Matt Gay, the Colts' place kicker, the record-breaker, joined us on Wednesday, and it was an incredible story just beyond the fact that he went 450-plus in that win over the Ravens on Sunday, five and all, and then the final in overtime was a 53-yarder. But Shane Steichen talked about in the post-game locker room after that win in Baltimore, that was a win of perseverance, and Matt Gay has a career of perseverance. A former fifth-round draft selection by Tampa was cut and then brought in here in 2021 on the practice squad, went out to the Rams, ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Rams, but uh, the highest-paid place kicker in the NFL here and paid off hugely last weekend. If you missed it, 107.5thefan.com. Our conversation with Matt Gay probably re-airs coming up on Sunday during the ride to kickoff. All right, I want to take a break and come back. I want to thank our friends at Bud Light and Zinc. Blue Friday. Shout out to Todd Johnson and the Mucky Duck. I know Todd could not be here today, but we always love being here. Shout out to Todd, my guys from Zinc. Your chance to win Rams, Colts tickets, and more to come here from the Mucky Duck. We have Colts Happy Hour, and that is up on the other side. Do not go anywhere in high school football tonight at 7 o'clock. No reason to go anywhere whatsoever here on the fan. We got Colts Happy Hour straight ahead next.